Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome into 104 Through the Fans Coffee Break. DMAC joining us, James Merrillat, Rachel Beal, all hanging out with you. How's everyone doing? I have a serious question for you both because it feels like my entire social media is about the House of Dragons. Did either one of you watch it? I did. What do you need? What do you need to know? Okay, I don't need to know any. Well, I guess I need to know is it good? Do I need to watch it tonight? Well, we got some drama going on because, okay. you know, the king, you know, he went to extreme measures to get that that boy out of his wife and, you know, the wife and the boy didn't make it. So, God forbid a woman run anything. That's the drama. Oh my god, a woman's going to be the queen. Or is it going to be the evil brother? And we go from there. Okay, fair enough. I will watch it tonight. James, I'm shocked you haven't because you're usually like the TV guy. No, but I, you lost me at Dragons. Like, is this oh. about Dragons? It's a oh, Game yeah, yeah, of Thrones yeah. spinoff. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm no, out. hold on. It's, not, it's a prequel. And back in this time, 200 years before uh, Game of Thrones, there are 10 dragons. 10 dragons. And, you know, that's why the Targaryens are so powerful. That well, family has all the dragons. In my mind, that's 10 dragons too many. I'm out. It can't happen in real life. I don't want to watch it. I'm you out. didn't watch Game of Thrones? Nope. Never seen a minute of it. Okay, so I'm not a big TV person. Like, I don't watch very many series. I will say Game of Thrones is very good, James. So I know it's not going to happen in real life. But if you're in need of a show to watch on your stair stepper... Game of Thrones is very good. And it's a very long series, so you got plenty of hours worth of content. Jimmy Outer Banks, Cobra Kai. I'm, I'm more into that kind Cobra of Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. That's real life. A showdown <laughs> in, in a high school with, like, 40 karate kids going after each other. That, it, that's, oh, that's real. That's it real. It could happen. It could. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that, that's, that exists in the world of reality. Okay, well, what does resist to the world of reality is Nathan McKinnon getting his day with the Stanley Cup. And my goodness, oh my goodness, my goodness, was it an exciting day, uh, which is funny because it does say home of Sidney Crosby. And then we proudly congratulate Nathan McKinnon on the 2021-22 Stanley Cup championship. So love that. Nate gets his day. A huge parade as well. Like, Huge, you guys. I could not believe the numbers when I actually saw it. I believe like over 7,000 people were in attendance. So that's insane. But congrats to Nathan McKinnon. Obviously, very well earned. But we do have a video that we want to toss to. So please enjoy Nathan McKinnon with the cup. So many people, though, obviously for Nathan McKinnon, like we knew it was going to be big. But to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be this big, James. That looked like more than 7,000 people to me. I mean, I'm a bad judge of numbers, but that looked like a pretty, uh, pretty big crowd, but very cool. I love the picture of his old hockey net, right? Mm -hmm. It's just all torn apart and in tethers. That was awesome. And I have a feeling that sign when you get to Cole Harbor, it's going to be updated pretty soon. It's going to be home of Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon. What's crazy is they just got that fire tr truck brand new last week. So I think all the citizens of Cole Harbor should um, 
feel pretty secure in their fire prevention uh, uh, capabilities. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. No, absolutely. Uh, okay, we do need to move on, though, to preseason game number two for the Broncos because it was a bit of a disaster. I think we can all agree with that. But, again, it is just preseason, everybody, so take a big, deep breath. It's okay. But let's take a look at some of the starters that were playing for the Broncos in this game because there's a couple names on there. Malik Reed is one of them that was in there. Quinn Miners got a few snaps, too. So which out of these guys kind of impressed you the most, gentlemen? Mac, we'll go with you first. Well, nobody. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess I guess Brett Rippon played better than Josh Johnson, I suppose. Um, Malik Reed got his, you know, uh, Three Stooges moment with his eye. And I guess, I mean, there were some nice moments. I mean, Montreal Washington caught a good pass and Trey Quinn caught a nice pass. And I don't know, there were kind of some individual moments. But I, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, hey, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the rest of the play? I mean, you know, I mean, the the Broncos gave up the most points any team has given up in preseason, and they've had the highest point differential. And frankly, it could have been worse. You realize the only reason the Bills didn't score 49 points, believe it or not, they have a punting battle competition going on. So on fourth and one, and Sean McDermott did acknowledge it later, fourth and one from the 50 with eight minutes to go. You, what, do you think they weren't going to pick that up? But they had they had a punter punt, and consequently today he lost that punter battle um, to the punt god. Side note: How would you like to go against somebody in work whose nickname is God with what he does for a living, like sales god, cooking god, punting god? I don't like my odds if I'm going against somebody whose nickname is God. So that's the only reason the the, the Broncos stopped the Bills at all. And I get it, it's preseason, but I was watching the game today on NFL Game Pass. I had the Bills broadcast, and Steve Tasker, in the third quarter, actually commented, well, this is getting embarrassing. And it was embarrassing. And I get it, it doesn't, it doesn't count, but I think it does matter. So I, I'm a little bit more bothered by it today than I was watching it on Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm with DMAC from the standpoint of, yeah, it doesn't, you know, we're not going to, nobody can tell us what the Broncos' record in the preseason was in 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. Nobody knows. But they didn't get embarrassed and look like a team that was ill prepared no. to play and didn't want to play and didn't want to be out there and couldn't tackle and got dominated at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Like the score doesn't matter. The win and the loss, win or loss doesn't matter, but sort of how it looks does and it, it was just a lack of professionalism like they just showed no interest in being there it was embarrassing the bills did whatever they wanted and it's 28 to 6 at halftime okay bad first half come out in the second half after a little fire and brimstone during the intermission and show something instead it was more of the same the bills just marched right down the field they like walked in for their touchdowns they weren't even you know difficult the, the Broncos essentially put up no resistance. We knew it was going to be a bad day. Speaking of punters, when the Broncos punter Sam Martin got hurt in warmups, that was a that was a microcosm of the day for the Broncos in Orchard Park because it only got worse after that. We did find something out though. Uh, Joe Schobert is probably a better fly fisherman than a football player. You know, the guy moved to Sedalia. Now, if you don't know where Sedalia is, I guess it is still considered a Denver suburb, I guess. But that is, man, that's way down south, southwest. And that is where you go when you're just done with life, 
when you want to go fishing and enjoy Colorado because it's freaking unbelievably beautiful down there. He wasn't like, you know, in, uh, um, I don't know, Highlands Ranch living at the 24-hour fitness. And from what I heard, people were surprised even to look at him, how small he gets. And we do know that some guys in the NFL, when they stop working out and they, they give it away, it, it goes. And this isn't it. This guy's not going to be the answer. Anybody that thinks he's going to be the answer to anything is nuts. So that is a serious problem. And watch his play on Saturday. You talk about a guy that should have been motivated to, you know, have some sort of impact. It barely looked like he was trying. Well, speaking of inside linebacker, the two best inside linebackers the Broncos had last year, Alexander Johnson and Kenny Young, are both on the streets right now. I'm not saying either one of them is great, but they're better than the group they have right now. They need to get those two guys back in camp and, and, and see if they can piece that back together ASAP. It's a position they've ignored in free agency and ignored in the draft year after year after year after year, and it didn't magically fix itself. Look, Josie Jewell is the one everybody's counting on. Wow, Josie Jewell didn't play. Josie Jewell has been a disappointment throughout his career. Nobody's talking about, well, he had a good start to last season. He played a game and a half and had like eight tackles. So let's not act as though he's going to come in there and be Roquan Smith. So, hey, if you want to do something big and bold and make a move for Roquan Smith, although he's back at Bears camp now and that that situation seems to have kind of rectified itself. But that would be a big move or at least go bring in a couple of guys who were here last year and showed you they could play. Because right now, you're right, D-Mac, Joe Schobert, that was a mess. And the Broncos got dominated up front, and then linebackers couldn't make plays. They were, they were missing tackles. It was Caden Stearns and whatever safeties were in there having to make all the tackles. It was uh, an embarrassing effort defensively, and I think inside linebackers a key problem. Really quick, last week against the Cowboys was also an embarrassment stopping the run. They were just saved because the Cowboys had 17 penalties. But look, I think it was like – 27 carries for 149 yards, five, five, carry, five yards per carry, something, something along those lines. Um, and it was even worse, obviously, against the Bills. So two weeks in a row, for whatever it's worth, you can't stop the run and you can't run the ball. So who do you want to take? Because if I list out these three guys, obviously Roquan is the top of the list for me, uh, but it doesn't sound like anything's going to happen. I'm assuming the Bears weren't even really taking calls on it because it feels like that just immediate. As soon as he requested a trade, it feels like it just kind of died with him now going back to camp. But I think Kenny Young is the next guy for me. I mean, he played really well last year for the Broncos, and I don't think he would come at a very expensive price tag either, considering he's still on the market, James. Yeah, I don't think either one of them would, him or Alexander Johnson. You know, look, listen, are they a great solution? They're on the street on August 22nd for a reason, right? Alexander Johnson didn't get signed by anybody. Kenny Young's an early cut by the Raiders, I think is where he was at. Either the Raiders or Chargers, but he's an early cut, right? One of the first, uh, one of the first waves of, uh, of cuts by them. So that's a troubling sign. Neither one of them is going to be super expensive. Neither one of them is a cure-all, but either one of them is better than what the Broncos currently have. They just are. Oh, uh, well, I have no interest in Alexander Johnson, uh, but I never have. And for reasons that go back to, you know, his days in college and the court case and all that. So I do hold that against him. I don't want him, period. Um, In terms of Kenny Young, uh, sure, I guess, you know, I mean, (laughs) you tell me, uh, you know, football guru personnel gods, because you've got, you know, you let him go. You didn't try to get him. And then we got... Schobert, by the way, Jonas Griffith was expected to be like a special teams guy. 
He wasn't expected to be a starter. And Josie Jewell's a starter? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why they love him so much, but, but, but they love him. So I like Kenny Young quite a bit. Um, and I, I really have – and Justin Strenad appears to not be much of an impact guy there either. Um, I'll give you a wacky one. I'll give you a wacky one. Is it crazy to think about putting Baron Browning back in, in the middle if, if you're just, you know, all tied up uh, with, uh, with pass rushers? I mean, is that, is that the craziest thing in the world to think about? No. Get, get your best players on the field. And is he better than Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb on the edge? No. So he's going to be, a, he's going to be a, a, a guy, a rotational guy that comes in to give those guys a break. I'd rather have him on the field in his less than ideal possession position for 70, 75% of the snaps than in his natural position for 20, 25% of the snaps. Get him on the field. He's your better option. Listen, is he Micah Parsons? No, absolutely not. I'm not making that comparison, but he's a guy that you could move around because he can play inside, outside. You could get creative with him, try to make him, you know, the, the poor man's Micah Parsons or some version of it, but get him on the field. I would absolutely look at that, look at that option. That being said, just another quick one, sorry. It's the push that they're getting up front. It's what the offensive line is doing to the defensive line. We're talking about linebackers. I mean, the best they can do is stop the guys after seven or eight yards, the, the way the defensive line is playing. So, and, and the bigger story here, trust me, you don't think I was enjoying the Bills' performance? Because this is what the Denver Broncos should have looked like for the past five years because they got Case Keenum, good. You draft Josh Allen. And then you keep the same offense together, the same system together. Matt Barkley, um, again, on the Bills broadcast, they said, well, this was turnkey for him because he was with the Bills for a little bit. He went away, came back as like their third string guy, and he knows everything because these guys are weathered. They've been through the storm. They've been through it together. And this is exactly what the Denver Broncos offensive quarterback situation should have looked like for the past Five years is Case Keenum and Josh Allen. And then you build everything around that. And what you do when you do that, you don't give away draft picks. I love Russell Wilson. I'm glad he's here. But look what they gave up for him. You don't have to do that if you just got Josh Allen. And that's how you build depth. That's, and you, you have free agents who want to come to your team. That You have Von Miller agreeing to go to Buffalo. I mean, that's how it works. So sadly, what, what Saturday um, exemplified too was the horrific nature of GMing by John Elway through the past few years. And this is what we're stuck with. So I'm not pinning this on Hackett or soft practices or any of that stuff. The Broncos, seriously, guys, are years away from being at the, the same level of the Buffalo Bills. So the embarrassment to me is twofold. One, the guys really weren't ready to play. But the other embarrassment is just a self-reflection of what we've had to go through and where we are because it's been so poor for year after year after year. And that was a slap in the face. DMAC is just stirring the pot of Josh Allen and that uh, draft. I tell you the truth. Tell me where I'm wrong. I mean, you know, what am I missing? You're, you're not wrong on the Josh Allen thing, but you know, the, the whole notion that they played their starters, he played one series. He threw three passes and completed them all right. Like Case Keenum was 16 of 18. Matt Barkley was seven of eight. Those are backups. So, the reality is on a 53-man roster, the bottom 35 guys on every team, interchangeable. You can take the Broncos 35, send them to Buffalo, and send Buffalo's here. The team's going to be the same. It might even be more than 35. Those guys are all kind of the same. But the Broncos, it was, it's about attitude and effort, and they had none. 
None. And to well, me, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, I'll, I'll just back up a little bit. If if you've got the right quarterback, you got two second round picks. You're not taking Drew Locke. You got another second rounder. Dalton Reisner is a cemented uh, guard. You could have had another cemented right tackle or whatever. You know, Locke with one pick after Dalton Reisner. You see where I'm going? This is where you build depth. And it's a little scary now because we already don't have a first round or a second rounder. Benito's a third rounder. Let's not fool ourselves, okay? And that guy, that guy, I don't know that guy. Maybe he works out, maybe he doesn't. But he's no better. I wouldn't put any more faith in him than any third rounder that the Broncos select. And you don't have a first and second rounder next year either, okay? So that is just the, the, the truth of the, of the matter. So you may say, well, the 35 guys are the 35 guys. Who cares? I make the argument, we'll bunk on that. The Bills have a much stronger back end of, of depth. And they have a much stronger backup quarterback, you know? So the Bills are loaded, man. That's what a Super Bowl team looks like, by the way. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's also what you do with those picks, right? I mean, Nicobe Dean taking first-team reps inside linebacker with the Eagles already. There's a shock. The peck, the peck injury that kept him out of zero of 15 games for Georgia that everybody was so worried about. He's taking first-team reps in the Broncos draft, Nick Benito and Greg Dulcich, two guys who so far have made – zero impact so it's also what you do with those with those selections and you know everybody wants to give George Payton a complete free pass and just a plus a plus on all of his drafts Pat Sertan's a heck of a player Javante Williams is a heck of a player but other than that I mean we've already seen a guy from last year's class get cut this year Caden Stearns can't crack the starting lineup they got to bring back Kareem Jackson I mean there start to be other question marks so hey you hit a home run on the ninth overall pick Great. We all should be able to do that. <laughs> right. You're in a long line of business. Speaking of KJAX, though, Troy did say in the comments, even KJAX would be a great fit at linebacker. Thoughts, James? You know, it's it's an interesting thought because of the way the NFL is today. It's, it's less about having Mike Singletary in the middle to stuff the run. Mm-hmm. But – you're just going to see what we saw the other day, right? If you, if you see somebody like Kareem Jackson, linebacker, teams are just going to run the ball right at you. And if offensive line gets on a, somebody of that size and the second level, they have no ability to shed it. So I, I get the point because he'd be good in coverage and he could go sideline to sideline. I just don't think he could stand up against the run. So I don't think that's a viable option. Oh, no, that's silly. He's too small. I mean, they would target him left and right. He would get bowled over. You know, in a nickel or passing situation, can he make a tackle in the box? Ah, all right, fine. You know, I'm sure. But trust me, if it's first and 10 and Kareem Jackson is a linebacker, what, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, that's, that's eight yards right there. We're just going to run a Kareem. I mean, that's how it goes. Now, it's, a, it's a tough position. It's, it's, um, you got to be stout and athletic. It's one of the harder positions to find uh, because, you know, we have all these more athletic, bigger tight ends that make it a nightmare and frankly you got even guys like Trey Quinn who's kind of a bigger slot that's a nightmare running backs catching it's a tough spot man um no teams have really completely figured it out by the way and the Broncos are you know they're right there with all those other teams you know what really makes it tough to find never addressing it if you don't that's that's right and you don't spend any money on free agents I mean I know they brought in Alex Singleton but come on that's not a tier one free agent if you don't address it or at least try to, you're not going to find one, right? Quarterbacks are hard to find too. And back to your mm-hmm. philosophy on it, you just keep drafting them until you get it right. 
right. you can't find an inside linebacker, and it is a unique skill set. It's it, they're they're hard to find, but you sure as heck aren't gonna aren't gonna find one if you never go shopping. Is this the biggest question mark for the Broncos? Uh, no, I think tight end's the biggest question mark for the Broncos. They clearly think that Albert Okwebenum doesn't know how to play football, and I, I guess he doesn't. That's what they're telling us because um, Hackett said we only played starters who needed the reps. Well, Albert O was playing into the, the fourth quarter. They, I think they were really relying on Greg Dulcich to be the guy, and, and he just hasn't been healthy. I, I think tight end is a serious problem. I think it's their biggest problem right now. Yeah, I, you know, inside linebacker is one of those that sometimes you can scheme around, right? There, there are really three positions you can't scheme around. Quarterback, you can't hide it. Tackle, right? If your left tackle is bad, you can't hide that. And edge rusher. So to me, the, the biggest question mark still remains, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, can they stay healthy? Because if they're healthy, those two guys are pretty darn good. I mean, that looks great on paper. But if they're not, and it's Malik Reed and Baron Browning and Nick Benito, three guys we all we saw play the other day, all of a sudden this team is in trouble. So I, I think that's one just because, you know, the only way to, to scheme around that is you got to blitz a bunch. And that sets you up for all sorts of other problems. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Ed Rusher. But you're not wrong about tight end, D-Mac. You're not. Yeah, and the next one is right tackle, obviously. And you saw Cal. By the way, the reason why Quinn Miners played was to have Calvin Anderson's partner next to him so they could see how they would work together. That's the only reason why Miners was playing, for the sake of Calvin Anderson. So, you know, that's an issue, too. Listen, <laughs> just take away the preseason game, okay? The Broncos' first-team defense, I have seen them play quite a bit, and they embarrassed the first-team offense more or less on Thursday. Uh, until the two-minute drive happened, and then Russell Wilson to Brandon Johnson, and, you know, that looked pretty good in a two-minute situation. But the problem with that two-minute situation is that you, you play a defense like the Broncos' defense was playing against the Broncos' offense, and they're shutting them down drive after drive after drive. Well, that means the other team's offense is coming on the field. That means the score might be 21 to 6 or 21 to 3 at halftime. And so, okay, great. You get a two minute drive. All right. So now what? It's, it's, it's 21 to 10, you know, something like that. It's concerning. Um, and, and we're going to have games like this, guys. We are. And we, not against Seattle, they're going to roll Seattle. Uh, but but there, there may be games thereafter um, that are a bigger issue. Yeah, definitely true. Okay, well, before the show ends, I want to get to an interesting conversation. But first, we have an exciting giveaway to announce. So parents, you can register to win a year-long membership at Redline Athletics Centennial for your student. Redline Athletics brand new state-of-the-art speed and agility training facilities, the ultimate spot for your student-athlete. Again, ultimate spot for your student-athlete to take their performance to that next level. Redline Athletics helps build a better student-athlete. So enter today. Check out denverfan.com. An awesome awesome opportunity for your student athlete to just take it to the next level. And then maybe one day they can be getting paid millions and millions of dollars like quarterbacks do. And Lamar Jackson is apparently getting more money than what Kyler Murray got, but he's not willing to sign anything yet because he wants it to be all guaranteed. So my question is, should Russ get paid more than Lamar Jackson, James? Yeah. Yeah. Which is all the more reason Mike Evans's theory of, Hey, let's wait and see is just nutty, right? Like the price tag's just going to go up. Lamar Jackson's going to get more than Kyler Murray. And then next year, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are going to blow those numbers out of the water. 
And, you know, Russell Wilson is going to have a better resume than any of those guys, unless one of them wins a Super Bowl this year and matches him on that front. So, yeah, he's going to be the highest paid of that group, and the price just keeps going up and up and up and up. If I'm Lamar Jackson, given the way that he plays and his the fact that he's essentially their quarterback and their top running back, right? Like he's so much of their offense and takes so many hits. I, I would sit there and say, hey, Deshaun Watson got his money guaranteed. I should get my money guaranteed too. He's 100% right on that front. Mike Evans talks about paying Russell Wilson like it's coming out of his daughter's Syracuse college fund. What do you care, Mike? You know, it's all about the percentage of your salary cap. The salary cap's around $208 million. You pay a guy 45 to $50 million, it's around 20%. That's about right. And, and if I was paying somebody 20% of all money I could spend on all my employees, I'd give them an office too. I mean, what are we doing here? And the decision's already been made. They've already given up the draft picks. George Payton is in. If it doesn't work out with Russell Wilson, George Payton should be gone. That's it. But that's the high-risk, high-reward sort of world that you get when you get paid millions and millions of dollars like George Payton is getting paid to make these type of decisions. High-risk, high-reward. They're already all in with Russell Wilson. It is what it is. You decided not to draft a quarterback where you could build around him, and you've had that option for years now, and decided not to do it. They got thrown in your face on Saturday, the largest I thought Paxton Lynch uh, drafting him was the biggest mistake, uh, but no, it was it was it was missing out on Josh Allen. And save me the rhetoric about Sam Darnold and the Hall of Fame five and all those other guys. Forget it. You could have picked Josh Allen. You had a very high percentage chance because Mayfield and Darnold were off the board. You only had a pick between one of three guys, and two of the three were great. The other one's already a. Freaking MVP, Lamar Jackson, who is going to get paid a lot of money. So you had a 66% chance of doing all right and a 33% chance of knocking it out of the park. And you blew it. So it, 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 it just, ah, seeing the bills, I mean, you know, dang, that riles me up. Not because I'd like to prove that I'm right. I was. But more so of what could have been for us here in uh, Broncos country the past few years. Okay, but going back to Lamar and Wilson, Russell Wilson is a lot pay him, pay him, pay him, pay him, pay him. He's a lot older than Lamar is. That's for dang sure. It doesn't matter. It's done. You made the commitment to it. What are we doing? That's it. The only chance that we're gonna have to succeed is to develop like the Bills the same core throughout throughout the next three or four years. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson, I mean, a guy takes a lot of hits, right? So his shelf life, I think, is probably going to end up being shorter than, than Russell Wilson's. And the whole age thing, it's like, if you didn't know their age, right? If you didn't know when their birth date was, you wouldn't watch Russell Wilson and think, oh, man, he's eight years older than Lamar Jackson. Like, he's, he's getting near the end of it. I think it's silly. You watch Tom Brady, he's still playing at 45. I don't think either one of them's getting to that point. But Russell Wilson has a heck of a lot better chance of getting there than Lamar Jackson. I don't worry about the age. The whole not signing him, like, D-Mac's right. When they traded for him, they made this move. Like, what are you waiting for? The fact that it's not done yet, unless it's Russ's decision because he wants Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow to reset the market. Okay, if this is the Broncos' decision, it's GM incompetence at that point. Like, you should have this thing done, signed, and in the rearview mirror, ASAP. It's silly. As soon as the – uh, the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group, the WPFOG, came on board. 
This should have been priority number one. Oh, by that. the way, by the way, um, if Russell Wilson does bet on, on himself, he'll probably make another 20 to $30 million for, you know, whatever that's worth. I mean, maybe when you make so much, it doesn't matter. I hope we talk about Thibodeau and Moss real quick before we go. I hope we can talk about that for a second. I don't mean to control your programming there, Rachel, but I'm dying no. to get my two cents in there. Please, please go ahead, Dimac. One of the reasons I heard why this is a clean football play, and I'm talking about the uh, cheap shot that Thibodeau gave, or uh, that uh, Thaddeus Moss gave to Kayvon Thibodeau, was because how else could a small guy block a big guy? And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I'm hearing all these football players on our radio station all over the place. My God, do they yearn for, like, Scudabakers and, uh, you know, dial radios? Holy cow. With, like, the, you know, the way it was when I was a player is the way it's always supposed to be. That was a cheap shot. It was a chump move because they are the same size. Okay, if Philip Lindsay is going against Kayvon Thibodeau, all right, I guess. But Kayvon Thibodeau is 6'4", 254. Do you know how big Thaddeus Moss is? He's 6'3", 249. They're the same size. It was, and he, I just saw a headline while we were doing this. Thibodeau's going to miss three to four weeks with a knee injury. It's just a cheap shot. So to defend Hackett a little bit, to defend him a little bit, your number one, Thibodeau's the number five overall pick. He's their version of Bradley Chubb or Von Miller, okay? Why in the world are we going to put our guys out there in a preseason game that we really, really need when there's chumps like Thaddeus Moss out there following the rules that are actually willing to do this to guys their same size. It's a chump move, man. And I, I think it's embarrassing. And I really don't know what all of our football experts on the fan are really thinking about on this one. I mean, I am blown away that NFL players don't have bigger concerns about protecting each other. Um, and we're seeing some ridiculous machoism today about something that it's always part of football. It's a bad part of football. It clearly was unnecessary on that play. No, I'm with you. And if you look at that still that we just put up there, the running back's going to the left. This is on the right side of the offense. So all you have to do is get in his- there. Stand him up, Man. block him. You don't have to get him to the ground because the play's not going that way. It's a cheap play. I- I'm 100% with you. And, yeah, you're right. It- it- sometimes these guys sound like they want it to be 1964 and Bear Bryant's running training camp and all these plays are legal and you can hit people in the head and do all these different things. It's like, guys, it's 2022. The game hasn't gotten soft. We've just supposedly gotten smarter and realized this doesn't have to be a part of the game and put people in harm's way. There's still plenty of things that, that need to be fixed about it, but that being one of them, the fact that that's a legal play is, is ridiculous. It's a it's cheap ridiculous. Shot, And I just think it's indefensible. And it's why I don't think Nathaniel Hackett should have his starters out there. Imagine if that play had happened to Bradley Chubb on Saturday, and now he's out and, you know, another season starts to go off the rails. It's just not worth the risk. I, I, total, I totally agree. And so, yeah, okay, maybe things I, – I see, I don't even think it's about the soft camp. I think it's just about the depth of the team that comes from previous years and drafting failures. That's what I thought it was. I thought, you know, Schobert, give me a break. That's a weak position right there. It was embarrassing. Okay, I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, I will defend Hackett because of that, you know, that cheap play by, by Moss on Thibodeau. Is that good enough? Hackett has the strongest defense in the world just to point at that play. 
Well, listen, this team can derail very quickly if there are injuries to key players on this Broncos team. So keeping them healthy at all costs is going to be major. I did just also want to do some news that you most likely will not be seeing Aqib Tlaib on Thursday night football at all this year as he is choosing to step aside um, following a deadly August 13th brawl that saw his brother uh, charged with murder. So, unfortunately, no Aqib Tlaib on Thursday night football this year. I know a lot of people were looking forward to it, but... um, Obviously, we're just sending uh, any positive vibes out there for this entire situation. It's one of those ones that can kind of just be a little awkward to talk about, gentlemen. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, I get it. It's, it's complete irresponsibility with weapons that are legal to have. It's complete irresponsibility. I, I don't know what to say about adults that would bring um, firearms that are legal to have and concealed carry, assuming they're all legal. But why, you, why don't you just leave that in your car? I have no idea. Sadly, Akib has been around this gun situation um, multiple times. And um, I know it was his brother, not Akib, but from, you know, there are reports that he threw the first punch. And it's just like, if, if, and what I heard, if anybody was going to settle things down, it's the possible Hall of Fame, you know, Super Bowl champion cornerback. Co- I mean, nobody has a, a football resume like Akib to leave. And if Akib really threw the first punch, that escalated um, what turned into a, a deadly incident. Um, you know, Keith should have some amount of accountability for that. I'm not saying he should go to jail, but I mean, you know, they're, they're, he had a role in it. Yeah, and the news that you posted of him not being on the Amazon broadcast, like that's the right thing to do for all parties. Like, mm-hmm. you know, until, until it all gets sorted out and everybody gets to have their day in court and all the rest of that, that's the way it's got to go. So that was uh, not surprising to hear by any means. No. No. All right, everyone, Great. that's going to do it for Coffee Break this morning. Thanks so much for hanging out with DMAC, James, and myself. We're back again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m., and we'll see everybody then. Bye, everyone.